Hello, residents of Meeple Town. This is Dean. Johnny Danger. And today we're going to be doing not one, not two, but three reviews three for you. reviews! We're going to be talking about Dice Forge, Clans of Caledonia, and La Granja. So thanks for joining us for episode number 40. Our residents of Meeple Town, if you were here right now, you would see Dean. No, you wouldn't. For You're going to use this joke every time? For three for- times in a row. You know, this is what I think. If the joke does well, you just keep telling it over and over again. That's, you know, that's my philosophy, <laughs> Dean. <laughs> see, you're laughing. Yeah. Well, you're laughing. I'm laughing because that's what I tell my wife, and she would disagree with that statement, actually. She would I, uh, say that, that I can actually run a good joke into the ground and make it not funny anymore. I think my jokes just get funnier the more I tell them. Like a fine wine. That's ex- that's exactly right, Dean. Wow. You know, sometimes no, you I mean, say some really smart things and that was one of those things. In your head, it's like a fine wine. In, oh, in a- reality... There's a difference between reality and truth, John. Reality is is what the place that you're living in, right? Like... Your reality you mean says my reality. Your reality says that these jokes are funny for eternity, but truth might say something different, right? My, Would you agree I, with that statement? My reality is truth. <laughs> do you mind? Do you? We're gonna uh, Meeple Town. We're gonna have a philosophical discussion about truth and reality today. <laughs> um, and yeah, virtual reality and. You mean tell everyone why I'm Johnny Danger, by the way? I, I do. I would love to know that. Because we are recording this podcast so late in the game. <laughs> right, Deanie? We <laughs> are. We been, are. This has yeah, been the last, uh, all three of our last episodes have been that way. <laughs> yeah, we're, 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 we're at the, you know, we're burning the midnight oil at 1 p.m. That's really not the midnight oil, is it? <laughs> but when you're recording something at 1 p.m. that goes out this evening, this night, and it's going to be published... Then I told Dean I've got stuff to do all night. So hey, this is this is danger time, Dean. Hey, if if, if we have to put out half a podcast, then right now what I'm saying they're gonna be like, "Yep, he lived life dangerously, and this time he lost. He flew close too close to the flame, and he got burned, as it were. He right? flew close. He. I'm gonna make a shirt that says I flew close and sell it. No, no, that would be amazing. People make mistakes, John. I made a mistake. I will say, at least we're getting episodes out during this time, right? Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, it's been, <laughs> it's been great. I, I, you know, there's a, you know, we'll get into our poll here in just a second. But I think w- something interesting is that it's been a difficult time with games a little bit in the sense of there's not, you know, we just went through this season of a ton of new games coming out, right, Dean? Mm-hmm. And now it's, I mean, there are some new games coming out and stuff, but there's not an overwhelming amount. It's just, it, there's a big lull. And, you know, that's one of the reasons we're doing what we're doing on this podcast today. I I kind of enjoy that. I don't know if Meeple Town does. I don't know if the world of board gaming enjoys a little bit of a lull to kind of breathe and say, let's look back at some older games. But I'm, I'm enjoying that. Um, but then again, I say it's difficult in the sense of, I don't know if people out there in this in the board game world want to listen to us talk about older games. I hope they do. Oh, they do. They do. 
And if wow, they don't, that was definitive. Well, if they don't, then they're not going to listen to us. So the ones that are sticking around, the ones that are listening, they're the ones that want to know about some of these older games, I think. Right? That's exact. Yeah, that's right. I love, by the way. Mr. I, Philosophy the, this morning. That's uh, Even, I know, I tell you what, I'm Johnny Philosophy. I just change it. Johnny Danger No, Dean Philosophy. philosophy. I'm the one throwing out oh. these philosophical statements. Don't take credit for that. I'm I'm everything. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> So, I, you All know, right. anyway, I, I will, you know, it's just, Dean, it's, I enjoy what I was going to say. I enjoy listening to podcasts, uh, YouTube channels, like people that I really link up with. I like to hear their opinions on games, even if I've played them. In fact, I enjoy that a lot. Don't you? Like, don't you? If someone's going to do a podcast and they're like, I'm going to talk about, you know, Concordia. And you're like, dude, I want to see what he or she thinks about that. Are you like that or no? Yes, absolutely. In some ways, um, yeah, I like those as much because I can talk back to them, right? So like (laughs) as somebody is, you know, like if you say something that is not the best comment about a game in the world and I I respond back, right? Like I I push back on that. I do that to my radio too when I listen to other podcasts. I would like to see what that is Do you not do that? Do you have a dash cam? Do you not... You no, do that, I don't right? talk. To, I don't talk to the radio. No, I do not. You just let them say whatever they want about games. What if somebody was like really? I mean, you, you're talking about verbally. You're verbally say, saying stuff. Yes. Eh, I don't do that too much. I'm not so against somebody, talking to myself in my head. I do that. If all somebody's time. reviewing Concordia and they're like, "This game is dumb," maybe is, I say you're crazy out loud. Maybe I do. Maybe I say that's crazy. That's nonsense. Oh wow, that is that's that's wild, John. Yeah. <laughs> You say, uh, yeah. That's all you would say. Yeah, I don't like go. I don't go on a monologue. I mean, you may think that I do all the time. The monologues <laughs> generally stay in the head, <laughs> except for when we're on podcast. Then I do let them out. Should I get a dash cam and record that? Maybe put out a podcast of me responding to podcast. Would you like? Yeah, that, just John? you have to turn the dash cam back around towards you. I don't want to see like <laughs> the back kind of, of defeats the purpose while you're talking. <laughs> That's exactly right. But you can get one and face it forward normally. But then whenever you do, it'll be board game confessions. That's it, Dean. Wow. Dude, that is that's a YouTube thing, man. That's it. Board game confessions. You're just gonna be driving confessing and uh yeah, or yeah, maybe confessions. I guess it's confession it's not just you monologuing, it's you against the radio, I guess. So maybe it's something else. But anyways. I, I might do this. You know what we should talk about? Board games? A poll. Because I cannot tell you how excited I am to talk about these polls. I've been really pumped for the last two weeks. So speaking of board games, our polls have nothing to do with board games. Nope. <laughs> Today we're talking about 80s movies. Dude, all day. Bef- before we start with this. Oh, uh, come on. The, I mean, the Dice Tower, they stole our idea. Stole up. Straight up stole our idea. You're absolutely right. It's unbelievable. They, saw, they said, what is Meepletown doing? We're going to do it. Not quite as good, but we're going to do it. Dude, we, I'm sitting there Sunday, Saturday afternoon playing, enjoying a game online. I'll t- tell you what that is here in, in a little bit. And I get this text of an image where the Dice Tower says, we're doing an 80 movies tournament. I mean, a tournament of 80 movies. That is exactly what we're doing. I can't believe we're so famous now, Dean, that Dice Tower wants to do what we're doing. Do you know how many they're doing? How many? I think 16. 16, which is what yep. we were going to do. Yep. You know what? We're going to one-up Dice Tower. We're, oh, yeah, we're expanding we the tournament to 32. That's right? right. Because there's just, honestly, there's Bigger too and many. Bigger than Dice Tower. Is That's that right. what, our, what our tagline should be? 
That's exactly right. From now on, that's what we're going to do. That's because we know <laughs> that that we're so huge now that everyone's watching us. <laughs> they have to be. There's no <clears throat> other explanation for this that they would do this at the same time as us. Do you legitimately? Do you legitimately think that? Absolutely all, not. All kidding aside. No. Okay, I don't either. No, I there's just like ten I, people who know we are, who we are. That's untrue, Dean. <laughs> We have a we we have a pretty good see the Meeple Town's going to be listening there and be like am I like one of ten people that's that then they're going to feel really special that's true right they they will feel really special but they won't feel part of a larger thousands of people community maybe yeah oh yeah for sure for sure but not, but, not but not tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands like <laughs> uh, like Dice Tower yet yet uh, wouldn't that be funny hundreds, though if, hundreds of thousands I think they've got like couple hundred thousand subs on youtube so wouldn't that be funny if if one of them did listen to our podcast and decided to snake that idea from us and they're listening right now it could be that they just know how amazing 80s movies are i think roy is the one who started this he seems like a guy who likes 80s movies a lot well we are expanding to 32 because the 80s movies are so grandiose there's so many good ones right dean so many good so many good movies so let's start. And by the way, if you're new to the Meeple Town podcast, we do talk about board games, but we also like to throw in a little pop culture here and there, right? Oh, we that's are right. child children of the 80s and 90s, Dean and I are. So we enjoy talking about this stuff a little bit and I hope you enjoy listening. Hey, do you I know how many that, 80s movies I've watched in the last week? Zero. Three. Wow. Four. Amazing. Whoa. Four. Four. Yeah. You just startled me there when you had four, four. on there. Should I throw five out there? I think it's just four, though. I don't know. I don't yeah. know if I can handle that. All right, let's hear what the let's hear. Before your I do Sorry. the poll, I do oh, want to ap- apologize to Meeple Town. I listened to the last podcast and I babbled a lot during the Isle of Cats thing. <laughs> I was listening to myself go, "What is he even saying?" <laughs> so my apologies. I think I've decided why I think it's just mediocre. But you know what? There's no reason for me to go over that again. If you really want to know. You can just message me on Board Game Geek or somewhere. <laughs> we have a lot okay. to say in uh, quarantine when there's not a lot of people to talk to. So It's true. It's like, the you know, sometimes the thoughts in my head have to take a little while to marinate. And they weren't fully marinated, so it came out a little not fully marinated. Caddy <laughs> Wampus, maybe? A little. Speaking of Caddy Wampus. Oh, gosh. Just start the poll. Did, well, I was going to say, oh, we already did that one with the one with Caddyshack. <laughs> I was trying to do a sweet oh. segue and it went nowhere. <laughs> I will, I will, let's go ahead and just say the last one that we did. The first four, we did Caddyshack versus Raiders of the Lost Ark, Poltergeist, and Top Gun. If you weren't on that, our last episode, Raiders of the Lost Ark won that with Caddyshack in second place. Five, five movies. I forgot I actually watched Raiders of the Lost Ark last week. Wow. Whoa. We haven't, you we haven't finished it yet. We haven't finished wow. it yet. We're watching that with the boys. Oh, there you go. So this week yep. it was Goonies. This is a big one, man. This is a big week. Goonies, Princess Bride, Ghostbusters, and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. This yep. was for me personally. This is my probably my. This is pretty top, tough. Close to my top four, honestly. Yeah, these are some great movies, and I when I thought it was sixteen, I kind of put some heavier because we needed to get some big ones in there. If we if I would have decided to do 32 i probably wouldn't have put these all together but it happened dean so i was surprised by the winner not because it's not a good movie but because of the demographic that typically listens to us 
I guess I look, I think of the demographics on YouTube, it may be different on the podcast, but anywho. So who won Goonies, Princess Bride, Ghostbusters, Ferris Bueller's day off. I, I'm kind of torn on this one. I, I, I'm excited to tell about my favorite out of these. Okay. Let me say this first. I think three, actually all four of these are close to perfect movies. They're amazing. Yes. I don't, I won't even, I won't. Yep. And on it here, uh, they, they were fairly close to one another. There definitely wasn't one that blew everybody else out, nor was there the one with, you know, a couple votes, you know, or a few votes or something. So. All right. I think. Uh, I bet this is ends up okay, being our closest think, one for the first heat. I think. Um, Princess Bride. You think Princess Bride won? Yep. Dean, you are correct, man. How about it? Really? Oh, yep. wow. Princess okay. Bride won. How, what percentage do you think they were? 29. It's a little better than that. I'll go ahead and tell you it's 34.7, but yes, yeah, pretty okay. close. That's pretty close. All right. Who came in second? This would be probably my last place out of these, but not because I don't like it. I actually really, really like this movie, but I would say Ghostbusters came in second. Did you look at the poll? You did, didn't you? No, no, I absolutely did not. Okay. I did not. Okay. 30.6%. I'll go ahead and just tell you. 30.6. Okay. All right. What's third place? I will say mm, Goonies. That's correct. Nailed so, it. So Goonies was 18% and Ferris Bueller's was 16. So really okay. close. But I mean, we have 18. I'll just round up and down. 18, 35, 31, and 16. So that's really close. I... I love these movies, but I actually think Princess Bride. <clears throat> What's your that ranking? In, that in, that in, let me, let yeah, you. number one is Goonies. I thought Goonies yeah. would win because of again because of our demographic. I thought that that would be. I don't know. I just thought the people that listen to our to, uh, to our podcast would probably pick that one. Um, but this is can on I, Twitter. Can I make too, a though. statement about that? Yes, Goonies. I watched last week. Yes, it is a perfect movie. I love it's that perfect. movie. It's amazing. It's my mm-hmm. favorite 80s movie, and it's in my top wow. probably five of all time. I love Goonies so much. I was they never hugely, say die, John. Dude, I was hugely disappointed Goonies didn't win, because that is very potentially my favorite 80s movie as well. So look at that. Our first yeah, one, our so best, good. maybe best, I won't say definitively, got knocked out the first round. Wow. Didn't even make it to the second weekend. I'm real sad about that. However... Princess Bride's probably my number two on this list, and I love that movie so much too. Mine is Goonies, then probably Ferris Bueller's. I don't know. That and Princess They're Bride real, are pretty close, and I love all Ghostbusters four of these are too. Really good. Yeah. Yes, if I did too. a top ten, they all four could make it. Honestly, it's maybe not. They probably wouldn't, but they would make a top twenty for sure. Um, and several of them would be in the top ten, I think. So yeah. Yeah, interesting, huh? Well, I mean, if you, I but, almost picked Ghostbusters as number one as people's pick. Um, yeah. Because it, it was people love Ghostbusters. Yeah, if we but if we pit last week the winner Raiders of the Lost Ark, that's a great one too. I mean, we're uh-huh. talking about fantastic movies here. Yep, we're talking the about best. fantastic movies. I'm going to throw this out um, before we move on, and that is where we're at with the poll we have right now, Dean. Um, there's only one day left on this, and there is an absolute runaway winner. I'm just going to tell you that, and we'll talk about the next poll or the next couple next time. 
So you the want next, me to guess? You don't want yeah, me to guess? Yeah, yeah, no. I want you to go ahead and guess. I want you to go ahead and guess. Let's just talk about it. What are these be, ones again? I can't remember. Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back, Aliens, Monster Squad, Rocky Four. I bet you Monster Squad's not the number one. <laughs> zero zero really- percent right now. No one has okay. voted for it. Well, that's because my wife hasn't voted yet. I'll tell her to vote. Tell her to get on there. That's vote. one of her favorites. Um, yep. Wait, what did you say? Empire Strikes Back, Aliens, Rocky Four, and Monster Squad. Oh. Empire Strikes Back, destroying everybody. Seventy-two yeah. percent. If you're listening to this, there'll be a little bit of time left. If you disagree with that, um, what I'm going to ask you, Dean, what's your favorite out of those four? I. You would think that I would love this movie, but Alien is one that was just okay for me. But I didn't see it until like a couple years sure. ago. Sure. Um, and I just thought it was okay. It wasn't great. Um, out of these, I actually voted on this one, John. What did you I vote for? I voted for Rocky Four. Dude, me too. Did you? I love yeah, Rocky it's Four it's so all, much. It's 12% right now, meaning that you and I are the only ones that voted for it. <laughs> <laughs> that's not exactly true, that's but really it means sad. it means there there's probably just a because we still have some time left. There's probably just a handful of people that voted on this one. Um, I like Empire Strikes. I bet Back. our I bet our Russian voters did not vote on Rocky Four. If I had to guess, yeah, Would that you? could be true. That's we yeah, I guess so. Back in the eighties, stereotypes were okay. I guess I don't know. Apparently, is that what we yes. did back then? I don't know, I but think so. uh, yeah. So anyway. Rocky, I, Rocky Four is amazing. I love that movie, and so is Star Wars. And I like Aliens a lot. I've never seen Monster Squad, Dean. So okay, I guess I need to see that. I didn't see it until I married my wife, and wow. I've seen it a bunch over the last several years. It's good. There you Wolfman's go. It's got nards, John. I don't even know what that means. Wolfman's got I who, nards. I think you know what that means. I know who the nard dog is. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, Andy Bernard is in this movie. He's in this. That's what I was going to say. I bet he's in there. I bet he's in it. <laughs> So if this holds true, the first three game, first three games. So ugh, I got board games on the mind. The first three movies are going to be Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, what was it? What was it? Uh, Princess Bride and Star Wars: um, Empire pick. Strikes Back. Now the next set of four, I'm going to. I told Dean about this. I'm putting Return of the Jedi in there because I'm really interested. I think more people like Empire Strikes Back, but I will just put my cards on the table and tell you, I absolutely prefer return of the Jedi. So I do too. I got my movies confused when I talked to you on the phone the other day, but return of the Jedi is my favorite too. It's my favorite star Wars movie ever. Mm -hmm. And I'll be interested. I'm hoping that we can pit them against each other. I'm hoping the empire strikes back wins. And then we do a set and, um, return of the Jedi wins. And then the next heat, I'll put them against each other just because I'm really curious to see how they would do. Um, I think empire strikes back would win, but I, I don't know. Anyway, you should put the the Star Wars Christmas special on here. You ever watched Maybe. that? No, no, it's so bad. So that bad. could be something that we do in the future, though. Um, Star Wars movies, and do a quick Star Wars movie tournament, and just see where Meeple Town ranks them. Maybe we just do head to head for a while or something. Who knows? I think uh, the Jar Jar Binks is my favorite Star Wars character. Absolutely, yeah, my favorite ever. Hey, okay. Can I throw out a statement the before wor- we move in on this? This that was game geek complete sarcasm. If anybody <laughs> thinks <laughs> me, such a job Oh yeah, Ugh. you like that? That's pretty good, man. Hey, um, before we start on this, uh, we're going to talk about the board game geek Golden Geek Award winners in just a minute. But I wanted to throw a statement out there to see if you agree with this. I love that. 
80s has the best music. 90, I'm sorry, 80s has the best movies. 90s has the best music. Would you agree ooh, with that statement? Ooh, wow. Maybe. I got to go back and look at, I've been looking at 80s mus- movies. Uh, I do believe that 90s music is better than 80s music. I know some people will be against that, but dude, I mean, there's so much good. Like, there's so much good alternative indie grunge. Like, think of what happened in the 90s. It's just incredible, in my opinion. It's not even close for me. It's yeah, not and there's close. still some 80s that bleeds into the early 90s. You know what I mean? Like that mm-hmm. style of music. So you get a, you get such a breadth of really great music in the 90s. Yeah. Um, there's some really good movies in the 90s as well. I would probably say that you're right, though. I would say yes, probably, probably. I got to go back and look. Well, there's, some bad, early, there's some early bad 2000s movies. has the best TV shows. That's probably true. Whenever Netflix and all that stuff started coming out and you started getting like whenever when Lost came out and you started getting shows that, you know, are a, a longer story, I like those better than the ones that are like the same, you know, the same thing happens over and over. The good guy goes and stops the bad guy from this from bro- you know what I mean? Those, I don't, yeah. I'm, I'm uh-huh. not as big of a fan of those shows that have basically the same thing that happens over and over and over. I prefer ones that have s- at least move forward somewhat. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, there we go. We're agreeing. All right. Let's move on because we're going to be here for a while if we don't. Let's move on. We're going to talk about the 14th annual Golden Geek Award winners for 2019. Yes, sir. Um, you all remember us uh, pushing our name out there. We did not get nominated, which is totally understandable because there's some really good nominations on here. But what we want to talk about, not are the podcasts, but about the games on here. Yeah. And I will say uh, that I want to thank everybody. Dean, yeah, who voted for us. I really appreciate that. Thanks for everyone who went out there. Thanks for anyone that shared. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we really appreciate that. You know, again, we're small potatoes. Uh, so, so you know, and honestly, it just means a lot to us for everyone that went out there and did that. And, you know, hey, there's always next year, as they say, in baseball or I guess anything else. Sports. Oh, okay. <laughs> they say in sports in, <laughs> in general. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to I'm going to run down this list, John. You you have not looked at these? So yeah, that was I was going to mention that as well. That I looked at them when they first came out uh yesterday morning, I, I very briefly, but then I closed it and said, "You know what? I'm not even going to think about these. I want to give more of a gut reaction on the podcast." So I I have not mulled over. So if it's anything like Isle of Cats where a bunch of nonsense comes out because I haven't marinated on it long enough, that's a there's a real probability to that happening. Oh boy! Which is should we not do this? You know, it's good? great, right? It's great radio. It's not. You've already said it's not. It's perfect. Go ahead. All right. Think. Let's board, continue. I'm going to start at the top. We're just going to move down here a little bit. Board game of the year winner: Wingspan. Runners up: Paladins of the West Kingdom and Tapestry. Do you want you want us to go ahead and comment on? Let's say, can we save that one for the end? Oh man! That's because the that's the, I mean that's the but, yeah but that's what, let's go to the bottom and go up. How about that? <laughs> oh gosh! Bottom up. Uh, and don't right, go over for, all of them. Don't go over all of them. Oh, no, no, um, no. I'm not. I'm not. There's a lot of them on here that I don't really care about. And ones yeah. that like we haven't really played. So let's just start with the strategy game and kind of move up from there. Do you care if I just say I'm happy that Heavy Cardboard won the best podcast? Oh, no, no, I no. Think, that's, I think he's that's been good. doing a really good, good job for a long time, and I'm very happy to see them win. All right. Him yep. Oh, actually, let me do the board game app, and then we'll move up to strategy sure. games. So okay. Board game app is the winner um, through the ages, specifically new leaders and wonders. The runners-up, uh, Raiders of the North Sea, and Twice as Clever. Have you played mm. any of these? No. Okay. Well, there you go. Then I will just comment. I, I voted on Raiders of the North Sea. Um, I've not played 
through the ages, the expansion, the board game app itself, like through the ages is a lot of fun, but it is not, it doesn't compare to Raiders of the North Sea. I don't think, I think Raiders of the North Sea might be the best board game app ever. Maybe. I don't know. It's so good. It's so good. So my really quick comments are, I've of course played Raiders of the North Sea, the physical copy. I've played through the ages like you, Dean, but I haven't played this, um, the new leaders and wonders expansion on the app. I've also played Gonshan Clever. Oh gosh, that's pretty clever. Sorry, everybody. Gonshan Clever. Ganshun Clever. Clever. Ganshan Clever. Yeah. Anywho, um, and I'm interested in twice as clever, Dean. I've been playing. Uh, that's pretty clever for a week, trying to hit 300, and I have <laughs> played 50 games and I can't hit it. Wow. I get in the 200s like regularly and this morning I hit like 264 and I was like, but I was, I needed to get anyways, whatever. Okay. So I okay. bet tw- I'm interested in twice as clever. Go ahead. Okay. I'm just going to bump up to, I'll, I'll mention thematic game. Dune won that. I've not played that or Star Wars Outer Rim, which is the runner up, but then uh, Lords of the Ring, uh, Lord of the Rings Journeys in Middle Earth is a lot of fun. Um, okay, strategy game, winner Wingspan, runner-up Maracaibo, and Paladins of the West Kingdom. You good with that? Oh, hmm, you know, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Uh, I think all three of these games are great. I, you know, a lot of this has to do, Dean, with your definition, right? Um, is Wingspan a strategy game? It do. is. No, no, it is. Wingspan is <laughs> a strategy game. It's just on the lighter end of the strategy games. Would you say so or no? Yeah. Like, okay. Since you brought that up, I'll go ahead and say this. I was going to bring it up later on. I really wish there were some parameters on what all of these meant. Yeah. Like what does strategy game mean? What are you looking for? What is, uh, you know, some of them are obvious. Um, I wish they would give like, like rough family weights. game is one. I'll get to that yeah. in a minute, but anyway, well, that's exactly right. Like I, I, I wish they would give you rough weights of games, right? Is strategy game, anything over roughly a three. You know, or is it two and a half or is it two? Oh, but I don't right. think that matters necessarily. Like, I don't think the weight necessarily matters. You don't think so? No. Uh-uh. But I mean. Like, what, what game benefits you for having these good long-term strategies, I think is what I, what I have in mind you when think I think about it. See, that. that's interesting because I never think of that. That's interesting. I mean, that's the whole thing is all these definitions are, you know what I mean? Whatever someone has in their brain. Right. That's what bothers me. If you me. don't that's, define there stuff. Was something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you don't define something, then it's just like, oh, well. You're right. You're right about that. I think that people do use the term strategy very loosely in general, yep, which I think I wingspan fits into that. If that's if that's okay, my the negative the thing that I don't like is that I wish there was then a medium to heavyweight. You understand what I'm saying? Like winner, like a some kind not winner, but yeah, a, a nomination and a winner here because I think in my opinion, um, I would put Maracaibo. Sorry, I'm th- now I'm just I'm just thinking through that as one of the, the heavier game, if I'm thinking of heavier games. Um, well, I mean, I, I think Glenmore 2 is the best game of the year, uh, and, I, and that's a strategy game. And I would put Maracaibo really high up there. And I don't know what I would put first, Wingspan or Paladins. Probably Wingspan because I play it more. But Paladins is really good. I, all three of those games are really good, and I am very happy they were on there. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm good with all those picks. They're they're really, really, really fun games. I enjoy them. Yeah. Okay, um, I'll just mention solo game. Uh, I'm not much of a solo game solo gamer. I know that you're not either, but um, I think Wingspan Solo is a lot of fun. That's the one that won this category. Mm. Um, Marvel Champions, the card game, is one I've been playing a lot, and um, I've been playing solo and two player. 
Um, so I get that. I get why that why that's up there. But I think both of those um, twice as clever. I've not played it, but I would make I would imagine that's probably a lot of fun too for those yeah. who like. Um, that's pretty clever. Clever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, print and play games not really our thing. I've not played any no. of those. I don't think you have either. No, I um, do not want to play those. Not, th- not those games specifically. I don't want to play print and play if at all possible. Yes. Right. Not my, not okay, my I'll, jam. I'll throw, speaking of jam, how about letter jam? Um, party games, wavelength, letter jam, minute work. I've not played any of those. No. I tried to play letter jam with my family, but we just didn't get a chance to. Um, one of the last times we met, but I, I've been seeing a ton of stuff on wavelength. So that makes sense. People really like that game. I've seen a lot on it. I'm party games are not my favorite. I've played n- none of these. And I don't even know if I voted on a party game. What, what were some other popular party games that were out? I can't even think. I initially, uh, for the nomination part, sure, I put yeah, Point yeah. Salad because I think I would consider Point Salad a party game, even though you can only play like four players, right? Seems I would consider that, that a, family, a family game. That's what yep, I would. I think I voted for that one too. Because for, for party category. games for me, I, I think of games you can play with seven, eight players, at least six maybe or something like that. That's just, that's my yeah. thoughts. But again, that's because you don't define it. Then you get people with their own thoughts. That's dangerous. Why can't I throw a four-person party? Yeah, well, that's, that's exactly I right. I mean, that's true. I, that's a legitimate argument. Okay, innovative. Wingspan was the winner of, of most innovative game. What do you think about that? I don't know what's so innovative about it. Yep, I'm with you. That seems... I have no idea why they won that. I, I nothing. I love Wingspan, but I don't, I don't understand why that's super innovative. It makes no sense to me on that one either. Yep. Yep. Um, I think everyone loved it, and so they just voted for it a million times. Yep. I agree with that, which is fine. Which is frustrating. I don't know. That's do what you want to do. Yeah. It's kind of frustrating to me because I, I want to see – I want people like, – I, I think it's, again, a really good game, but I would rather see some other people get some light, you know what I mean, some spotlight if there's a chance for it, you know. But that's – Yeah. You know, anyways. Okay. Okay. Uh, so then Family Game, Wingspan, One Family Game. How about that? Followed by – Azul, Summer Pavilion, and Tiny Towns. So is it a family game or strategy game? Or can family games be strategy games? Sure they can. I think they can. I would not have picked this as a family game. I I didn't either. Yeah. Again, how do you define that? Like, I have a four-year-old and eight-year-old. They can't play Wingspan. Yep. Uh, My my eight-year-old could, but my four-year-old can't. And so for me, family game is a lighter game. I agree with that. And, and you know how I said that I think Wingspan's on the lighter end of strategy? I still think it would be strategy. I mean, to me, I would see it as a strategy over a family game all day long. Yeah. But that's me. And so I didn't didn't even cross my mind to nominate or even, yeah, I didn't, uh, or to vote, honestly. I mean, it crossed my mind because there were nominations, but I didn't, I didn't want to vote for that as a family game. You know, no, it seemed um, a weird pick for me, but I thought it was a strange pick. Yeah, I haven't played Azul Summer Pavilion, so I have no thoughts. I think Tiny Towns is a great little family uh, game. It, it borderlines the strategic. You know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. I I've played I've played all of these. Wingspan is my favorite game of all of these, sure, but I think Tiny Towns too. is my favorite pick for family game in these. Um, yeah. Although Azul Summer Summer Pavilion is a lot of fun too. Yeah, I voted for Point Salad. Uh, I are nominated and I don't know. I can't remember if it got nominated, but I thought that's a great, and I would consider that a family game. That's probably what I voted on, but I'd say out of these ones, tiny towns is, is my favorite. I really like tiny towns a lot. Yeah. Okay. Expansion. Guess what? One expansion, John. (laughs) 
Yeah. Wingspan, European expansion. Yeah. Followed by Quacks, the Herb Witches, and Terraforming Mars Turmoil. I've only played the Quacks expansion, which I thought was like decent, not amazing. I really want to play yeah. Turmoil, and I haven't played Wingspan. I cannot expansion. remember what the expansions were in this, um, what the other ones were, but I don't think I voted for any of these three. You know, I'm not a huge expansion guy. Like, I do like a good expansion. I, I go goo-goo over a good expansion. You can quote me on that. I'm just not one of those guys that it, when I, there's a game I enjoy, I feel like I have to get the expansion. I want to go look at gameplay and say, does that intrigue me? You know what I mean? Do I really think it's going to add? Because there's a ton of expansions that don't really help the game at all. Is the expression goo-goo or is it cuckoo and gaga? Like, goo-goo did you combine? Goo-goo gaga, because I'm a baby. Cuckoo. Like, no. I go cuckoo over this, or I go gaga like, over this. Like cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, speaking of 90s. Yeah, but you combined the two and said goo-goo. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's real. Because, I don't think that's a thing. Because little Johnny is a baby. Oh, gosh. Okay, card game. No, cooperative game. Um, the Crew, I've not played this. I'm hearing really good things. I want to try this one out. Marvel Champions and Lord of the Rings. I've not played any of them because I don't really like cooperative games in general. All right, we can move on. I, I think I'm okay with this because I would again, like I to play the, the crew. crew. I'd like to play the crew. I've, I I almost bought it. Every time I buy a co-op game, I just end up not liking it that much. So, and it's and and it, part of it has to do with my wife is not a co-op fan. So it's sour, man. It sours games for me. I hate to be like that, but when she doesn't like a game, it's it's it doesn't sour it, but it it, it puts a it's not as good. Let's just say that. I like it. Yeah. I, I like I like the co-op games. Yep. Uh, card game, Wingspan is the winner over <laughs> the crew and Marvel Champions, the card game. Sure. Um, I, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with it if you call, you know, it's kind of like when we do our top five or top 10 list, Dean, I wouldn't say Wingspan is only a card game. You know, it depends on what your definition is, but I, I mean, I totally I agree get, with that. I totally get why it's there. I totally get why it won. It just depends on if you're, if you're, if you're trying to do really pure, I'm only playing cards, you know, or you're, you know, because there's some, but you're mostly playing cards. So I have no problem with that at all. I agree. Um, okay. We got three more. Let's do artwork. We have the winner is, hey, hey, wingspan. Yeah. Runner up parks and runner up tapestry. Again, I love the art I'm on okay wingspan. With this. The presentation yeah. on all three of these is fantastic. I think. Sure. Sure. I'm trying to think of through a lot of other. You know, I really liked, I mean, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but Glenmore had two, had some really good art. Maracaibo had some really good art on the game. So, but I'm not. Undaunted Normandy had really good. uh, Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. Artwork on the card game. There's a lot of good ones on here. Yeah. Parks. That's a tough one. Parks. I'm not. It's, it's interesting. It it stands out. You know what I mean? Like, but I don't know if it like made me go, wow, the art is amazing. But it's good. Oh, this game is beautiful. Yeah, I don't I've know. I'm not this one, but pull, I've only seen it. it up. Uh, I'm going to pull it up now because maybe I and just try. To, and I think that includes if you say artwork presentation. I think that also includes your not just the art, but also the components to an extent, right? Yeah. Um, like the artistry of the components, and I think I think this is a beautiful game. I really want to try this one out. I'm certainly not disagreeing with you about it. Um, sorry, I'm pulling it up right now. Yeah, it's a good game. It's a it's a good looking game. All right, two player game. Winner is Watergate. Runner up, Undaunted Normandy. 
runner-up Blitzkrieg. I've not played Blitzkrieg. You've not played Watergate or Blitzkrieg, correct? Mm-mm. Nope. You okay with this pick then? <laughs> it's Matthias Kramer, isn't it? It is. That is that is absolutely I, correct. I just, um, a week or two ago, I traded some games with a fella who I've been chatting with since. And he and I see extremely eye to eye on games, Dean. And he said he really loves Watergate, you know, but I'm, you know, I'm not the, it's one I'm, I don't know if I would like or not, but I'm intrigued because of that. Let me say that. And I know, and also surely because you uh, like it too, but. Yeah, I like this one a lot. I I think I probably like Undaunted Normandy a little bit better. Um, I would, I'm pretty sure I picked that for my two player, uh, but Watergate's fantastic. It's a good game. I don't think you'll like this one, but I, I think you need to check it out. And then board game of the year winner wingspan. That's right. Runner up paladins, which is actually a, a surprise for me for that's the number two. And then the other runner runner up is tapestry. You like these picks? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I am stunned that paladins of the West kingdom was a runner up. I really like paladins a lot. I mean, it was really high on my top. I'm just surprised and I told you this because of the weight of it just seems I get why wingspan won because it's a great game and it has a pretty broad appeal. I'm surprised that I just didn't think Paladins had as broad of an appeal. You know what I mean? So I'm surprised people voted for it for board game of the year, but I guess if you're on board game geek, then you're probably pretty into games, <laughs> right? That's true. That is a very astute observation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so I, that, I'm, that I'm for pleased. That. I'm pleased that it's there. I just am surprised. You know what's funny to me? When you're looking at the ranking overall, Paladins is 116 overall, which is good, right? Mm, yeah. Really good. That fast. But there's better games rated higher from 2019. We'll take Marvel Champions, for example, which is in the top 100, which is not even in the top three of the board games of the year. Isn't that interesting? I mean, it's just, it comes down to who votes. That's and exactly like, right. if you, if you think wingspan is your favorite, um, you're going to vote for that. Tapestry is rated 257 overall, which is amazing, right? That's a really good rating, uh, ranking. Yeah. But again, going back to Marvel champions, I'm sure, sh- and I'm just throwing that out there. Cause I know that's in the top hundred wingspan is like number 20 or something in the top hundred. So I, I totally that, get that. Yeah. I would say for tapestry though, cause we're, when you're looking at top hundred on BGG, they have an algorithm for that. And there's a lot of people, we've talked about this on the podcast, that tapestry is very polarizing. So I think it's a 7.4. You know what I mean? So that's going to drag it down a little bit, I think, based on their algorithm. Sure, yeah. And so that's probably why. But I, I think, like I said, I think tapestry is semi-polarizing. And I think the people that really that like it, really like it. And we're like, uh-huh. we're, going, we're voting for this thing. And I'm glad they did. Well, that was because, me. It was my game of the year, so I voted for that. But yeah, I'm 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 very very much happy. I voted for it as well. Um, I nominated. It was one of my nominations, but I nominated. You can nominate ten. So um, I'm di- you know I nominated all three of these. I think as part of my top ten. So, uh, Paladins was not in my top ten, but I still yeah. really I think Paladins is a really fun game. I'm looking. Okay, I'm just looking through the top hundred. This might not be interesting. We can move on just a second. There are only two games in the top 100 from 2019. Those are? Wingspan, which is 20. Yeah. And um, Marvel Champions, the card game, is 80. 
I gotta play that game, even though I don't think I'm, it's gonna be my style. Do you think? Do you think I'll like that or no, Dean? I hope you do. Selfishly, <laughs> we're probably gonna do a review on that. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to go too too deep into that. I'll I'll be honest though. I've been playing that game so much lately. Good. So much more than anything else by far. So that's cool. We'll yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, then overall, you know, I, I might have made some comments about Wingspan. Oh man, there it goes again. Um, but I really, I understand why that's board game of the year. I understand because it does have, like I said, a really nice, broad, mass appeal. And it's a good game. It's a really good game. Last observation. Can you believe two Stonemeyer games are there, Dean? That's got to make Jamie smile ear to ear. That, um, that is crazy. Of, I didn't think about board that. Board game of the year. Now. Yeah, board game of the year. He has two out of three. Unbelievably amazing. Um, I, 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 sorry, second last observation, or now my absolute, actual one. Really disappointed Glenmore 2 didn't win anything. Hugely disappointed. What an amazing game. We love that game, game a lot. You might think yeah. that Funtales pays us. They pay us nothing. Because you know? <laughs> <laughs> we talk too. about it. haven't paid us a penny. You know, but I just... Man, I'm disappointed, and I, I just it didn't get just it's just not as I guess widely known yet. It, that game's going to creep. It's an incredible game. Maracaibo is another one that I would have liked to see win something that didn't, but it made it made the top three on some or at least one. So I'm happy for that as well. I think for Maracaibo, maybe I'm wrong. I think if Maracaibo came out a little bit earlier, it could have creeped into that list potentially. Yeah. I agree with that. That's that's very possible. That's a good point. Because people a good point. really, really like that game. Um, okay, how many games did Stonemaier come out with in 2019? Do you know that, John? Tapestry and Wingspan. And is that it? And that's it. Yeah. They came out with two games. Two like They came out with some expansions, but two games, and both of them are that's in the crazy. top. That's crazy. Three. That's crazy. That's nuts. That's crazy. You're I was right. surprised. I guess this is my final statement. <laughs> oh I was gosh. surprised. I've been playing It's a Wonderful World a lot lately. I love that game and I gave it an eight and it's at least an eight and a half. Um, it's an eight and a half for me now, just so y'all know. And it's 35 bucks. So it's a no brainer. I was surprised it was nominated a lot just because I hadn't heard as much, you know, it didn't seem as popular, but I guess it is. And uh, I'm now I'm a little disappointed it didn't win. Um, when some, I, I would easily give that, I guess, card game. But again, that depends on, it's pretty much a card game. You just have some cubes to mark resources. Disappointed, yeah, think about disappointed it, that I didn't make top three. It's If you look at it that way, then Wingspan is as much of a card game as- I know, that's why I started. That's why I, was, that's why I was hesitating. Yep. Yeah, I just wish there were some yep. parameters. Okay, let's um, briefly, I'm going to talk about a game I've been playing lately yep. if we're ready to move on because this is actually a 2019 game and this is a 2019 game that I'm not sure if it was nominated for a family game, but it probably should have been if it wasn't. That is Draftosaurus. Mm. You, you probably heard care about, nothing about Draftosaurus. No, I mean, I, I kind of do because I've heard a lot of really good things about it. So there you go. So, Draftosaurus is a pretty simple game. You each have... Oh, okay, first off, this is the Antoine Bowser game. Um, there's four designers in this one, which is interesting to me because it's such a light game. Um, this is a, a 1.25 weight, uh, but it's Antoine Bowser and Ludovic Montblanc, Montblanc, which are two of my faves. Hmm, and then, interesting. Um, 
um, a couple others. And so I, uh, I got this because my boys really enjoy dinosaurs. Like they're really into dinosaurs now. And I thought, well, this might be a game that they like to play. So what you do is you have six dinosaur meeples in your hand. You take one, put it on your board, pass them around, and you just draft dinosaur meeples, putting them into their pins, uh, one of six different pins on your board. And, uh, you get points that way for like in one pen, you can only have the same type of dinosaur in it. The other one, they all have to be different. Another one, you put one in there. And if you have the most of that amount of dinosaurs, you get seven points. And so there's six different pens and there's a front and back to your player boards. Um, so you can play different ways. Um, if, if you want, this one is one that surprisingly our friend Jonathan, who is the one that lines up with you with board game sure, picks, yeah. like you guys like heavier games. Uh, this was one that he recommended. And again, I thought, well, if Jonathan likes it and my boys like dinosaurs, let's check this one out. They like this one. They think it's a lot of fun. I I think it's a lot of fun too. It's It's a pretty light game. Oh, I didn't mention this. On your turn, the active player rolls the dice rolls one die, sorry, they roll one die, and that determines where everyone else has to place their dinosaur. So if you roll it and it says in a wooded area, you have to place it in one of the three spaces, one of the three pens that are wooded spaces. And you, as the active player, can place it wherever you want, but everyone else has to follow those guidelines. We've had fun with this one. I think this is a really good family game, and that's all I got to say about that. It's a small box, kind of like the size of, of Targi, that kind of size box. Mm. And... Um, it's a good game. A you good think light I, do you think I game. would like it? Um, you like drafting games. Maybe. Sure. You might like it. You wouldn't love it. I don't think so. I don't yeah. think you would love it, but I do think that you would probably enjoy it because it's just straight up drafting. Yeah, I'm intrigued by it. It's not, I'm not going to go out and buy it or anything. I don't. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's fun. And I could totally see if this one was nominated for a family game. And I don't know if it was. I can't remember, but it should have been because I think it fits in that category really well. That's cool. That's cool. That's all. I just all right. Make a plug well, let that. me well let me talk about a game I've been playing lately that Dean didn't play lately. Oh, I got to tell you, I'm so sad about wow. this. Wow. So Saturday, uh, I got a chance to play the who knows when it will be upcoming uh, for sure. Fun Tales game. So Fun Tales came out with Glenmore Two. Again, you would think that they pay us something. They don't. Um, but we got the opportunity, or I got the opportunity, and Dean had the opportunity, but he f- failed. He chose not to take it. <laughs> oh, gosh, guys. I couldn't yes, make it, all right? Couldn't. <laughs> to play the social deduction game, Feed the Kraken. Now, Feed the Kraken was going to be on Kickstarter really soon, but because of COVID-19, it's basically delayed indefinitely. They don't know when because, hey, who's really excited about backing a party game? you know, a social deduction <laughs> game, a game that has a lot of people, right, at this point in time. And so they're just kind of saying, let's put the pause button on. It's absolutely going to come out. They just don't want to give a timeline at the moment. But I got to play with uh, like Niels. Well, actually, Niels was the um, was the moderator or whatever for this game. I got to play with the designer, got to play with some of the Quackalope guys, we and some other folks. And, and, and we, okay, let me just say what you're doing first before I get into that. You're pirates, or you're sailors, or you're a cult leader, Dean, and you're sailing the open seas. And this is a giant board. So we're not talking about coup, social deduction, you hand everyone a card. We're talking about a massive board with a massive ship, a big old ship, and you are sailing to 
one of three locations, the pirate location, the sailor location, or a much smaller, only one hex cult leader uh, location. And basically what you're trying to do is you're trying to get it to whatever, who you are. So you're either, again, going to be one of those three parties. And whenever you get to the end, wherever, wherever you sailed it to, you're going to win. Except there's some, there's some other ways to win too as well. I'll talk about that here in a second. But you're steering the ship, but you have someone that's chosen as the captain, Dean, which you can immediately after they're, they're going to choose a navigator and a lieutenant who they're going to be the people that are going to help decide how you're going to steer the ship. What's interesting is they're handed two cards and it can go one of three directions. And you don't know if they were handed, if they were sailors and they were handed two reds, which would mean you're going to the pirates and they could bluff all day long saying, oh, I was handed two reds, but I really wasn't, right? And they're pirates, or they could have really been handed those. And, you know, they're telling everybody that I was handed two reds. I'm really a sailor, you know, and so you have that kind of fun going on. But before you set sail, you can do a mutiny against the captain and you can vote and you have these guns that you can use, but they are limited in the amount of how many you can have. But he can say, I'm picking this person as a navigator and this person as a lieutenant. And then everyone can mutiny or some people can mutiny the captain. And then you got to start all over again. I think that's really fun. All right. But what's really intriguing about this is even when you do the navigation, Dean, this is a smart social deduction game. On the cards, not only are you going to go a direction, but there's going to be a benefit or a negative. So for example, I'm not going to give you all of them. One of them may be you're going to head blue, but you got some rum bottles on there, which means the captain got drunk and can't be the captain next time. So there are a lot of different avenues that you could, because you could say, well, I really wanted to go blue, but I think Dean is the most amazing captain. So I just didn't want him to lose. I, we didn't, didn't want to betray my captain, right? So this game gives you a lot of different lies and truths that you can tell <laughs> in this game. In addition to that, I want to be pretty brief here. The cult leader is really intriguing because one person's the cult leader, maybe more if you play at a really high play count. We played at seven or eight. But the cult leader is either trying to get to that one spot or when you get to the end, you may have to, you may land on a Kraken spot and the captain's got to throw someone overboard. If they throw the cult leader overboard, the cult leader and the Kraken become one or something like that. And the cult leader wins the game. But what's really interesting is if you go forward on um, yellow, go forward instead of right or left, then you may have to do a cult ritual. You have to do a cult ritual, ritual, which may lead in the cult leader picking somebody to become a cult follower and no one knows who they are. So mid game, Dean, you can be totally trusting someone and they may be a sailor with you and y'all are doing great work. And then all of a sudden, and this happened in our game, I was playing with Richard. Me and Richard were best buds. We were playing great. And like one or two moves before the game ended, the cult leader turned him into a cult follower. Follower. <laughs> and they won the game. I trusted him to the end, and it was to my detriment. That's not a that's not the way of the pirate, John. You can't just go trusting people to the end of the game. I, I did have some thoughts in the back of my mind going, man, am I being stupid? Because he was the cool the, he was smart because he was playing really nice with me, right? You are the captain right. I've been loyal to this whole time. Brilliant. He was smart. And so I'm like, oh man, he's winning me over. I can't go against this guy who's being really nice. <laughs> <laughs> but in the back of my mind, I'm going, is he really just saying that for that? Um, let me say this. I do not in general love social deduction games. I like them. They can be fun. 
This game was an absolute blast because there are a lot of times when I'm playing social deduction games, I don't feel like you have enough pieces to lie your way out of things sometimes. Do you understand what I'm saying, Dean? Yes. This, yeah, you're absolutely right. There's uh-huh. so many moving parts, so many things that you could say to bluff your way, to lie your way out that make perfect strategic sense. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're just like, man, okay, is this person lying or not? Because that makes total sense. But I don't know if I could trust them. I We're getting a, a prototype copy of this, Dean, hopefully really soon. Hopefully I can find... Hopefully we can play it with people. <laughs> you can play with five players, but my family is... My six-year-old couldn't play this probably. He's not... But my older my older kids could. Um, but I can't wait to play this again. And I am stunned that I would say that after talking about a social deduction game. I can't wait. I think this may be my favorite social deduction game ever. And if Funtales comes out with a game that I love in Glenmore 2... And I would say a top 10 game for me, probably. What? Seriously, you think this might be a top 10 game for no, you? No, 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 no. Glenmore 2. Oh, If Funtales okay, comes like, out oh with a... No, 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 no. If t- Funtales comes out with that, and then they make me like a social deduction game. <laughs> no, they this is... They force you to. They force me to. Uh, I'm going to be just like, how do these guys keep doing it? You know? I mean, that's just... it. it they're going to remind me of a Stonemire, you know? that. Ju- that's just not... But I would say I might like these two better than... I don't know. Never mind. I better not say that because, dude, this game was good. And now I'm going to get everyone hype and they're going to be like, I can't get it. <laughs> For a long time. For a long time, potentially. I hope not. I really hope not because, oh my gosh. it's And, and having that massive table presence sucks you in. You know what I mean? It makes you feel more thematic than even cards. You know what I mean? Just on a table. It's like, whoa, we're sailing the high seas. And, and yeah, I don't know, man. There's so many different things you could say oh. to deceive people you are gonna this i could I see this crack in your top 20 i am i could see this crack Overall. in your top 20 or try yes oh yeah cracking i get it there I you see go what you're saying that's it did you I'm, do that on purpose uh i might be showing my <laughs> i might be showing my cracking oh gosh i'm glad i'm by I myself i cannot wait to try this game out okay hopefully if all goes well I actually get to play this one online li- this weekend with the um Probably a different group of people. I have no idea who's going to play this. Um, I'm really, I think I can do it. Uh, I think I can make it work this time. I want to play this so bad. I love social deduction games a lot. Yeah. Um, Not all of them. You're going to love it. And I, yeah. Yeah, you you are absolutely right. I, I'm although you've really hyped it up. I got to tell you guys. Oh, you're gonna. John, I don't care. I'll hype it up as much. You're gonna love it. I don't care. When John, as soon as he got done, like I was texting him because I was able to text, but I couldn't be at my computer physically to to play with them. But I was texting him because I was so jealous. And then when John got off the phone or got done playing, and then he called me up, he was like, "This game's amazing." I was shocked because I yeah. thought. You would not like this game at all, but I am so pumped yeah. up for this game right now after hearing that. That's so exciting. Well, just to add to that, Jesse from Quackalope, uh, he said the same thing as me, that social deduction is not his favorite um, style of game, but he absolutely loved it. So we're talking of two people it's winning over for that. Uh, Meeple Town, you might be able to play this though, because Funtales is doing something really cool where they're letting people play games like Dean is. Um and they're letting even Dean. You could we could probably put, probably put it in the blog. They're actually letting like Meeple Town have a couple slots to where a blog, um, a it's not blog, a, a guild member could join it or something like that. So you should ask Niels, Dean and maybe toss it out in the guild if there's another slot. 
I'll do that. I'll check with Niels this week for yeah. Fun Tales. And, and there will be more. They're going to keep doing that. So uh, that's something that even if it's not for this weekend, Dean, that, that might be something in the future. So join our guild um, and let us know if you're interested in that because it's, it's, it, it, it plays really fun. I would rather play it in person, but it still plays really fun uh, online. So, Okay, well, I'll check with him. We need to go ahead and move on to our I reviews, know, this episode's I'm, I'm long, forward, baby. Look forward to us talking about this again. If I get a chance to play this this weekend, then I will come back and I'll, I'll share some thoughts the next time, too. So let's move on to our review of Dice Forge. All right, so the first of our three reviews that we're going to be talking about is Dice Forge. And we'll go ahead and say this, John. So we we decided to do these three games specifically because we said, what are some games that you can play if you have a physical copy or if you're not able to play in you know with people physically these days and you want to get some good online gaming in, all three of these games are available to play online um, all of them, actually, all of these are on Board Game Arena, but also they're in different places as well. Dice yeah, as we go is, for it, I'll, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Dean, but as we talk about it, I'll I'll mention that to the folks. Yeah, so Dice Forge is, is only on Board Game Arena, though, is that correct? That's exactly right. Yep, that's this is the only one. This is, we kind of made our own rules to say that we wanted them to be on multiple platforms, except for I thought it was on another platform, and it's not. So this is the only one that breaks that rule, but this is the only one on one platform, Board Game Arena. Okay, so Dice Forge, 2017 game. This is by designer Regis Bonesse. I may have said that wrong. Forgive me if I did. And this is a Libelud game. And the artist of this is, uh, it just says Bibon. And um, the art on this is fantastic. But in Dice Forge, this is a dice forging game, right? So you <laughs> each have two dice and they have different faces on them and you're going to be rolling the dice and you can either do one of two things you can buy new faces for that dice if you have gold or you can use the sun or moon resources to uh, basically just to take cards from the main um from the main board of the game and those cards are going to give you different special abilities they'll give you victory points uh but that's kind of the the gist of it and you're just going to do that but you're going to be rolling your dice every time on everybody's turn it's just when you're the active player you can do those other things in additional in addition to just gaining the resources so Real quick, the dice faces, they can be gold, they can be, again, those sun or moon resources, they can be victory points, they can be um, multipliers, they can be things that you put your color dice face on somebody else's die, so when they roll it, you're going to get a benefit. There's several different things that you can do there, but that's it. You're going to play through nine or ten rounds of this game, depending on the amount of players, and then whoever has the most points at the end of the game is going to be the winner. Is that there good? You, go. you like that? Oh yeah, yeah. Honestly, Dice Forge is easy to explain. I mean, it you is. don't really. Yeah. You have two choices: Are you going to add things to your dice, or manipulate your dice, or are you going to, you know, go for one of those hero feats or heroic feats or whatever? So, yep. Yeah. What do you think about the? Do we want to go art and components and do all that, Dean? Since we're gonna we're gonna do a little more rapid fire, Meeple Town. I think briefly we can talk about the art and components on this one just because they are through the roof. The production on this game is amazing, I think. Uh, I think the art on the cards is really good. I think the board and everything, the the insert is fantastic. Everything fits in there perfectly. And I think the dice are really, really cool. This is not the first game that's used this mechanism, but it is... 
at least, probably just the second one that I knew that I knew about. Maybe there's others. Um, I forget the what's the name of that one? Bones, uh, Rattle Bones. Rattle Bones is the first one that I knew that used this one. And I think this was the second. But I love the art and components in this one. Yeah, I I really like the box. Uh, we talked about Isle of Cats, that kind of white box with that clean. I like how this has just got that like pretty white box with that um, crystal or whatever on there. I think that looks really good. And I agree, yeah. the components are good. You know, I thought the dice they came the they came off pretty easily and they popped on easily. None of them fell off, you know, during the course of the game or anything like that. So I thought it was all really good, especially for a game, Dean. That's you know less than forty dollars generally. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I picked this game up for $20. Um, yeah. They were doing some kind of a sale a while back at a store and it was well worth it, goes it for on that sale kind of production. It does. Yeah, it does it go on, on sale, sale for a lot. lot. So but what do you think about the gameplay, homie? The gameplay. Okay. So um, you're going to see this progression in the games that we talk about today. This is a weight 1.95. This is the lightest of the three games that we're talking about. Yep. Um, and what the way I describe the game to you, you would be able to play with those instructions for the most part. And I think yeah. this is a really fun game for it being such a simple dice rolling game. I like this one. This is a fun game. Is that good enough? Are you good with that? Wow. Well, I mean, we're gonna, we're going to rate these too. Meeple Town. <laughs> you have to give it more. Um, yeah, okay, that's good. I got to think... give more. All right. So last night, I played this game a lot on Board Game Arena. In fact, when I got on Board Game Arena, it was one of the first ones. It was, I probably played it more than a lot of things off the bat because you can play so fast. And I remember I was like, this is fun to play to play fast. Um, so I played it quite a bit on Board Game Arena. Uh, last night was the first time I actually brought it to my family. I borrowed it from Dean, the physical copy, and we played it. Uh, I played it with my wife and my 12-year-old. I couldn't, my 10-year-old wouldn't play with us. Um, they both really enjoyed this game, Dean. My 12-year-old loved it. And my wife, she's like, that was pretty good. I mean, she's... Her jam is probably like midway three-ish euros. You know, like that's that's where that's where her favorite games go uh, are probably. But you know, she played this. She said this. It was easy to wrap her mind around. She enjoyed the dice. I enjoy manipulating the dice. You know, you know, I like a good engine builder. You're kind of building dice engine, right? You're getting bigger. Yep. You're growing it. I like that part about it. Um, you know, it's fun picking. Speaking of engine, uh, you can actually get cards that are going to you know, set something off potentially after you roll your dice on your turn, like Dean said, on the active player. I also do like how everyone rolls their dice every time. So it keeps you engaged, you know, throughout the game. You don't feel like there's a ton of downtime. The only downtime can come if someone's taking forever to change their dice out. Like they get a couple plates <laughs> faces and they'll take it. And like, I'm like, Oh, just change it out. Um, but besides that, you know, it's a fun, lighter game that I enjoy. I enjoy this game. I, I do think negatively, my big negative is that I think str even though the cards are going to come out differently every time, the dice faces are roughly the same. Now, they can be different because of the cards, right? Because some of the cards, the heroic feats that you do or whatever, can give you a different dice face. For example, there's five of those, I believe, four or five, and we played with two of them last night. I do feel like I have roughly the same strategy almost every time in this game. It's funny because that was actually going to be a positive for me when I talked about this game. Interesting. Um, not, I, it's not that I disagree with you because I think you're right. I think there's the, that's not where the variability comes in. I think one, this game has an expansion that I do not have, but I think probably it's one that will need an expansion to get more of that variability. 
But yeah. the thing I like about it is that I don't take the same strategy every time. I actually really enjoy the exploration part of this game. Um, mm. If you play games with me, uh, especially if you play the same game with me over and over again, you might notice that I don't often do the same strategy because I like to just to explore games. And I think yeah. this is a fun one to explore. Like the other day when I played this, I played, I played this game quite a bit, but uh, my more recent play was I think two days ago and I went really heavy in getting the multiplier. So I had on one die, one die, I had a uh, two, three multipliers. So it just says uh, times three. So I had that face on, on one of my dice yeah. at two different spots. And then I loaded up the other one with victory points. I don't know if I've ever done that before. I think for the most do? part, um, I actually won this one. Yeah. I, I won this one pretty handily. Um, most of the time, I tend to get victory points from the cards because mm. as as the cards get more expensive, one card, the one at the very end that costs five sun and five moon, I think that's yeah. the cost of it. It It is uh, 24 victory points, 26, something like 26, that. 26, the one I played with. There's two of yeah. them, though, in the base game, I think. Okay, so twenty six victory points. It will go. We'll go off of that. So uh, it's a lot. Twenty six victory points is a lot, but you have to build up to that. And we didn't mention this, but you have a maximum of the sun and moon sure. unless you buy an extension. Let lets you max that out. But you max out your sun and moon at six. Yeah. And so you almost have to max out both of those to buy that card. But it's a lot of victory points. But I tend to get more points from cards usually. But this time I did not. I got more than half of my points just from die rolls. How many? Do you know fun. how many points you got by any chance? Oh, can you look that up? Is that possible to look up a board game arena? Uh, Is yeah, that, you. I think you can look up your score. I'm just the reason I'm curious. I'm just curious as to compare that to like last night. Dean's right. I mean, there is. There's. I've thought about doing what you're doing, and I've never done it. I should, and because uh, I'm the same way. I generally explore, like to explore different strategies for sure, just to test them out and see how they go. Um, I feel like that's a strategy. And then I don't know, I guess I, I tend to gravitate towards the same dice faces. Cause I think, I feel like they're more valuable. Maybe they're not, maybe I need to try different ones and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it, yep. Yeah. And when I say, yep, yeah, that's all I'll say then, uh, besides the fact that the other negative for me is just personal taste in the sense of it, you can be pretty lucky in this game, like any other, hopefully it, you know, evens out over the course of nine or 10 rounds but it doesn't always. My 12 year old son, bro, is like the luckiest game player. He didn't win. <laughs> he didn't win. He came in last place, but he was rolling like, like he got off the rip. He gets like a six uh, gold die face. Like the first thing he does, he rolls it like twice in, oh, in wow. that, in, in three times. I'm like, are you kidding me? Then he goes and gets the 12, one of the best on the 12. And first roll, he rolls it. I'm like, oh, wow. Are you seriously kidding me, man? And that's, that's, that's tough to overcome if that happens with somebody that's he's not a bad player, but you know what I mean. So I was able to find um, scores on here. You can look at your game history. This is interesting. I'm glad you can. Cause I've played this game quite a few times on here. Sure. Um, I had 131 points. Wow. Okay. You would have beat me last. I'm pretty sure you would have beat my last night score with that strategy. So that's good. It was fun. Yeah. But again, I don't remember doing that before. I think for the most part, I, I try to load up on, but you also got to get lucky to a degree, All right? That's a, that's a that's a high risk, high reward strategy. Kind of yes, uh, but I did have four out of six faces on the one die were victory yeah. points, yeah, and then two on the other one were multipliers. So even if you're not getting the multiplier, you're still getting points. But if you 
again, if you're rolling, you know, this is a four player game. So you're going to be rolling four times around. Um, so if once per round, I get a multiplier of three with a, you know, a four, two, three or four victory points. That's a lot. You can get a lot of points. You're right. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, Dean. You're, you're selling me on the fact of there's some more strategies and stuff. But again, because I think I'm thinking if if I saw you doing that, then I would counter by not letting you get the three X, which would make yep. the game more interesting, right? Yep, they because did not. Would, they did not counter that at all. Yeah, but but that would make it more interesting if you saw someone going and trying to do that. So yeah, um, yeah. Let you want to go ahead and give our ratings? I know we're going to try to go a little more rapid fire here. Yeah. So mine on this one is a game that it's going to stay in my collection. I like this one quite a bit. I've played this one with my family. They enjoy it as well. And I give this one a seven, which is a game that, mm. uh, that I, I'm not going to suggest all the time, but it's one, if you say, Hey, do you want to play dice forge? I'll play it because I think it's fun. When you're looking at board game arena, you can knock out a game pretty quickly. And yeah. this is a, this is one of my favorites to play on board game arena, I think. So yeah. anyway, seven for me, I like this one. So I'm asking a quick question. What what are what are some of the negatives then? Like a seven's a good score, but why why not an eight? Why not a nine? Uh, it just feels like a seven, John. Can you just leave it at that? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So it just, some go ahead. Some, some negatives for me is it is a lighter game and it's dice sure. rolling, and so you can get you can get some frustrating rolls, and yeah. so. Um, yeah, but I, but I want a little more meat. I do think yeah. again, going back to the expansion, I watched a video on this the other day. I think the expansion would be a lot of fun with this one. Cool. I think this is one I want to pick up. But the problem is, the expansion is probably going to be worth. It's going to cost more than it cost me to buy the when game in the, the game. first place. So sure, yeah. So. I just wanted to know. I just wanted to know. I, you and I, I think, agree on those things. We agree on everything, Dean. I'm going to give this a seven out of ten as well. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah. No, okay. I like the game. Like, I know. I, I I want to mention positives and negatives. I think it is a fun, uh, for me, family game. I mean, it, there's strategy involved in it, right? Uh, but for and of course, we just had that whole conversation about family games and strategies could be the same. But anywho, right. um, I, it's it's one that my family, like I said, really enjoyed. It definitely has luck involved, but the positive to that is if I'm playing a family weight type, you know, family type of game, I don't mind some hoot and holler, you know, bad, great dice rolls. I played the first half of my game last night and my dice rolls were awful and I thought I was going to lose just because of that. Um, I ended up winning because I got, it kind of started balancing out towards the end, which you would hope it would happen, right? After, over nine right. or 10 rounds. Um, and so, yeah, I, I really do enjoy this game. It's been a seven on my list for years and i've since basically it came out and i played it again last night and said yep still a seven so i like it if you want something that's a family weight game it's it's a, it's a it's a hoot it can definitely be. worth it and and i think this is a good one it's a good one to try out on board game arena but i think the sure. full effect you get is from flipping off those dice faces the die faces and putting on new ones and rolling the dice i think that's where the real fun part comes in this game it is, but it's also annoying to then have to go reset them when you're done with the game and all that kind of stuff. It's not terrible, but when uh, your son gets up and leaves and you have to change the dice face on yours and his, you're like, Dang right. <laughs> and you set the game up all by yourself. That ten, tends to happen for me. Um, yeah, I was just like, ugh. For, for a family weight game, I guess is what I'm saying. There's a little more right. setup and stuff than a lot of other ones that I play. I And if you're going to ask Dean, is it worth it? I would say not for me at $35, $40, just because I, it's a seven. Um, I think it's totally worth it for anyone that would really like it. I'm, I will be happy to pick this up, mm, you know, 20 bucks at a flea market. 
you know what I mean, on a board game flea market type thing. It's just one that's, I would rather play Quacks. There's some other ones I'd rather play, but I wouldn't mind having it in my collection. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I only picked this one up because it was so cheap. You know, so I picked it up on the fly and it was worth it. I think it's definitely worth that $20 that I paid for it, but I'm with you. I, I wouldn't have paid full price for this one, not because it's not a great production, but just one that I wouldn't have thought that I need to, you know, that I need in my collection. It's, just, it's but, not my style as much, you know what I mean? As much as other games. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And I'm trying to keep my collection under 150. So there you go. Yep. All right, so, so that is a so seven. That is not correct. <laughs> so that is a seven from both of us on Dice Forge. Let's move on to Clans of Caledonia. All right, so let's talk about Clans of Caledonia. First, we'll talk about where you can play this, even though that's not the explanation part, but... If you want to, if you just don't want to listen to us anymore, you want to jump online and play this game, you can play it on Board Game Arena. Well, see, Dean, you know, I was... <laughs> Am I still on your thunder, John? No, we were going to... I thought he was going to do Lagranha next. <laughs> so oh. I had all the platforms up for Lagranha. And uh, let me just let me just do some scanning. Then he, then he decided to go and he was trying to please me, I think, because these would be weights getting... Um, heavier as we progress according to board game geek the lagranha and clans of caledonia are really really close you can play it on tabletopia i believe hold up oh my gosh i'm almost 100 positive you definitely can play you it can. On, yeah. you, you can, can play play it on, on tabletopia, tabletopia for sure yeah. you can on tabletopia and you can on uh board game arena as well you don't think you can on yukata and some of these other you ones cannot. you cannot yeah, so you, you can play you can on those on two on platforms boy Taju. You cannot yeah, no. play it on there either. Mm-mm, no. Uh, but the implementation on Board Game Arena is one that we've played, and it's it's good. Uh, the, the way sure. they put it together is good. So in Clans of Caledonia, this is a more strategic game than the first one in Dice Forge. But you are taking yeah. on the role of a clan in Scotland, 19th century Scotland. And this is an economic game where you are going to be taking these different uh, orders and you're going to be filling them up. So you have this main player board, uh, this main game board that has mountains, forest, water, and grasslands. And you're going to be building different places in, in these hexes on the board. And when you're doing that, you're going to be gaining resources. So you can get, I'm not going to name all the resources because there's a bunch, but it's like milk that can turn into cheese. There is wheat that can turn into... Uh, whiskey and bread. Whiskey, yeah, and bread. And then there is, uh, you you can have sheep out there where you can get wool, or you can also slaughter the sheep to get some meat, or same thing for cows where you can get milk. And so there's lots of different resources. So you can either put those on the board, which is going to allow you to produce those throughout the game, or there's also a market where you can buy, and that market's going to go up and down based on your selling and buying of those different resources. And basically, you're trying to collect all of those so that you can, one, fill these, uh, fill up these orders, and you're going to get points um, for those, as well as new resources. And then at the end of the game, you're going to get points for having the most orders filled. You're going to get points for uh, for these different um Uh, For the glory points that you have, you're going to get points for throughout the game for um, these different uh, round marker objectives that you're trying to complete. You're going to get points for resources and money and all different kinds of things. And that's the gist of the game. You think that's that's a good brief explanation of what you think, John? We got to keep it brief. I think that's good. 
Yeah. Um, do you, but do you wear a... do you wear briefs? What? Do you, I was curious if you wear briefs. I don't think that's an appropriate conversation for our podcast. I wear boxer briefs. All right. So, Clans of Caledonia. It came out in 2017, the same year as Dice Forge. Okay, I didn't realize that until just now. And uh, this one is designer, I'm totally going to get this one wrong, but Juma Aljuju. And the art is by John's favorite, Clemens Franz. And the (laughs) publisher of this one, I believe Karma Games. Uh, There's probably different publishers. That's the first one listed on Board Game Geek. And yep. So let's talk about the Clans of Caledonia board game. Like that? Yeah, we cannot talk about the components. We can talk about the art. So we will say that um, I don't. I've seen I've seen this game. So okay, I I we don't don't generally, or I don't. Dean's maybe different. I don't like to rate games generally that have only played the online version. Um, but that's what's happened here, right, Dean? So yeah, we would we would not have normally done that, but we've both only played the the online version. But we've played it multiple times, and I think we I feel I've got a good handle. I usually for me, not usually, always scores only go up from online play. I don't think I've ever played a game online that I played the physical copy. Mm. It's extremely rare that it goes down when I played the physical copy. Yeah. Just yeah, so I, the reason I'm then re, that's why I'm okay with it because I'm and you'll see why here in a little bit. Uh, I think the art because I've seen the art, I haven't actually seen the components. I think the art is amazing, it's great, it's fantastic. Have you looked at pictures of the components or anything like that, John? I'm pulling it up here right now. I have oh, before, I have before, fantastic. and I heard, I heard they were amazing. Um, I've seen video of it, I've seen pictures of it. I'll pull it up though. For a small size box, there's so much goodness in there, and I've seen this on the table again. I've only played the online version of this, but. Uh, just great, great quality components in this one. I think uh, a lot of different uh, meeples, different custom meeples in this one. So each on your on your own player board, you have all of these different custom meeples that represent as they go out on the board. You're you're uncovering things that you're going to be producing, and they're just great quality. I think. Yeah, it looks good from these pictures here. Um, are metal coins originally with it, or is that like a? That's probably no, a Kickstarter were, thing, I'm guessing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, just just uh, cardboard coins in this one. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the gameplay, though. We said that this one was a little bit uh, uh, on the, not heavy side, but it is a 3.44 weight on Board Game Geek, which is above the average weight by a decent amount. I, the this average game did what? not. Well, I mean, if you figure that the if if you're looking at the average is probably like two and a half. You mean average imagine. board game in general, or that we talked about? No, no, no in you general, mean, yeah. Oh, okay. I yeah, was going to say it's on the heavier side of board games. I got you. Okay. Yeah, I thought you were um, saying but, that it was a heavier side on what we talked about, but I'm like, yeah, it's I mean, maybe slightly, but we we tend to talk about a lot of games in this wheelhouse. Uh, initially, I was comparing it to Dice Forge, but gotcha. it's on the heavier side of board games in general. Okay. At a, at a Thanks 3.4. for the clarification, Dean. Thanks for the clarification. But this one does not feel like a, a heavier game. Um, again, it's kind of in that mid, mid-heavy mid range. This feels... There's a lot of thinkiness, right? There's a lot of thinking involved in this game, but as far as like the actions that you're taking, the things that you're doing... You kind of get it. Like it's very intuitive, I'll say that, because you you get these contracts and you want to fill fulfill those contracts. But you have to choose which are the best contracts. But like overall, sure. I think there's a lot it's not like this 
it's not overwhelmingly brain burnery. You know See, what I mean? I, yeah, and I think a lot of it goes into the discussion we had about uh, the Golden Geek Awards. What 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 is weight? You know, some people tend to lean towards complexity and how to play the game, right? Some people lean towards complexity and strategy, right? So chess could be highly complex, or it could be not so complex if you're just talking about how to explain the game, right? With people, right. so I, I had this. This is what I told Dean. I had. I had like Jamie Stegmeier feels in the sense of tapestry, in the sense of viticulture, and um, oh my gosh, uh, not wingspan because he didn't do that. Uh, scythe, sorry, I don't know why I couldn't think about that. In the sense of um, not the game itself, but in the how it's easy to understand how to play, but there can be depth of strategy. I would think this is heavier than all of those games, by the way, a little bit. Uh, that's yes. me personally. Um, so I'm not, I'm not. I'm not saying that it's the same, but I'm saying in the sense of there's just certain games, and even uh, Rosenberg does this really well. That are not complicated to understand how to play. Yet there is a lot to think about while you're playing the game. Um, I don't feel overwhelmed with playing this game at all. But I think if you to be really good, you got to be pretty good player. I do. Yes. That's why I think we'll it's talk about our scores four. later. Yeah, you want to talk about our, you want to talk about our scores of the games later. Speaking yeah. of good players, can I, okay, I'm pa- I'm pausing here for a second because I'm gonna I'm gonna quote John. Here's what John said towards the beginning of the game. I don't remember the exact quote. You said something along the lines of, "If I get beat by you, I have to be a complete moron" or something along those lines. Would Would you agree that that was a statement that you made? It, let's put it in context. Okay, Con- you were playing the game and you were whining about how you were making <laughs> what? <laughs> what? you were like oh i'm making terrible moves oh i did this stupid oh i should redo this and i think i said something as a joke like oh i guess i'm gonna have to be a moron to lose to you and i was thinking in my brain i guarantee you he beats me in this game <laughs> no it was actually because i didn't know the rules to it um the, the oh. first game i really fumbled oh you're talking about the br- first game yeah the first yeah. game um i kind of fumbled through the rules and there were several things that i just really did not get uh, but apparently I got it good enough to beat John. So Dean that's... has beat me decisively the last two nights <laughs> in a row. Yes. Um, I stink at this game. So there you go. It's a two out of 10. It's a two out of 10. Um, okay. What are some things that you like about this game besides getting just hammered? That's that's one of your dislikes about the game. But what, All right, what are so some what things I, you like about it? I don't dislike that. I generally like games better that I get hammered at because now I have to figure out the strategery. <laughs> Okay, what we just talked about, Dean, it's easy to wrap my mind around all that's going on, um, but there's a lot of things to think about in your decisions. Not overwhelming, but you got to think, well, what is the market price? The market prices fluctuate. I like things that are smart, but not super complex. So you buy two bread, guess what happens? It goes up two on the track and it makes bread more expensive. Not you know what I mean? Simple, yet a really cool mechanic. I like to think of, you have to think about that versus, well, do I want to get a grain factory out here or do I have one now? Do I want to build a bread where I can now convert my grain to bread? However, I can't do that till the production phase. You know what I mean? So yeah. you're trying to get these contracts and I think it's awesome and brilliant how at first contracts give you money to take. You get five bucks to take one which encourages you to do as, I mean, you already want to do as many as you can, but it encourages you even more. By the end of the game, they're 15 bucks a piece. That's a lot of money in this game. Yeah. And so I think that you really, and this is where I think that I've I've struggled with this game a little bit, is 
I will say I'm a terrible digital game player because I get distracted. I'm not going to lie. You have to think ahead in this game. And I think, you know what I mean? Because you've got to think strategically ahead. Like, oh, you can't just go, I'm getting this contract and that's it. I think you got to really think a couple steps ahead, looking at what's going up there next, what types of factories should I build, all those kind of things. Um, and then you're also thinking of the player interaction part, mostly in a two-player game, potentially, on the market and picking contracts. Now, you can't absolutely have player interaction in the middle of the board, but in a two-player game, you could, you could if you wanted to, stay two apart, apart from each other and say, I don't even want to touch you. You can't. You ain't going to touch yeah. me, which I think that's a negative for you. It is. Yeah, I want the heavier player interaction because I think that's yeah. that gives you a fuller picture of the game when you're when you're getting a discount from those resources from building in places where other players yeah. are. I think that's a really cool aspect of the game, but you yeah. don't get that fu- you can in a you two-player can. game, you totally can, yeah. but you don't have to. I think in a three, four player game, you're you're almost definitely gonna do that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, but I so all those things. I really enjoy that about the game, and I really like this one. I'll let you go ahead and say some stuff you like about it or dislike. Yeah, I so for me those you, you touched on this, but those they're basically multi-use resources, and I think that's a really mm. interesting thing. When you put a sheep out there, for example, and I mentioned this, yeah, but if you keep it out there, you're going to gain that wool resource, which you might need that for contracts, but you might need contracts that need that type of meat, and you're going to have to discard it you're gonna have to slaughter (sighs) it and i think i like those decisions a lot i think that's very unique in games to have this there's a ton of resource different types of resources in this game and i really enjoy that and I, i think this has some of the more interesting like resource type management when you look at it from that perspective than most any game that i've played i think that's that's really cool i Um, love that as well i love that as well Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I like that this feeling when you when you gain your production, you you probably are going to get a lot of money, right? That's that's a big mm-hmm. part of what you want to do. So you might be getting, you know, 50, 60, 50, 60 pounds to work with or something like that, which you feel like I'm the king of the world right now. I have so much money, but it can <laughs> go away quick. so fast. Yeah. And I, I love that though. I think it's cool to feel like I have so many resources, but they're, they're not going to last you long. Cause every time you put a resource on the board to produce, it costs a lot of money and the yeah. different hexes that you put them in cost, you know, one to six extra dollars on top of what you already have to pay. And I think that's interesting. Um, I do think that one of my favorite things of this game is the different clans, the the variable player powers. I was powers about to mention have. that a second ago. Yeah, um, I think they're really interesting and they're really different. So, like, I've played with ones that if I get if I have wheat at the um, uh, at the end of the round, I'm sorry. Oh, was it was it at the end of the round? No, no, no. It was it was throughout. So there was one that if you have if you have wheat, and then if you um, get hops. It, right. If you have a, a produce a, um, I'm sorry, fulfill, fulfill a, contract a contract that has hops in it. If you can give a wheat for $9 for each hops up to three times. And so I was producing this really big wheat engine so that every time I produce a, 
or completed a contract that had hops, which I was going for, then I would get a lot of money, but I got a lot of money throughout the round. And I thought that was really interesting. And that's, you know, I, I love how different there's one that just allows you to take two contracts because you can only have one contract at a time. And the one that gives you two is interesting because then you can start working towards two different ones and kind of focus your attention a little bit better than everyone else can. And they're so different and so yeah. fun. It was so frustrating in that game to like, because usually as people were losing money, and this, you realize it's getting towards the end of the round. And then to watch a Dean get like 20 or 30 gold, all of a sudden you're like, dang it. <laughs> now he's just going to whip me even more. And that's exactly what happened in that game. Yeah, I, I love, I like, like, that's what I like about Tapestry. One of the things I like about a Dean is you're given a direction to go and a strategy then to really explore. And I think that's a cool mm-hmm. thing about this game is that there's a there's a there is different strategies um, that you're going to be able to do in different types. You can do different strategies within a clan for sure. But I like I like the puzzle of being handed something and saying, "Now figure out how to make this work." I really like that in yep. games, and I really yep. like that about this game uh, a, a whole lot. Um, yeah, for sure. I also I do enjoy the way the um, the glory points score at the end of each round too. Kind of like Isla Sky, except for you're doing a single one, but you've got that tension about, do I want to get resources to fulfill contracts? I think actually, Dean, in both games, I did a better job of the in-round scoring, but got whipped, meaning that that's probably not as important as I was putting the emphasis on. But it feels like it. And you can. You can get a lot of points that way. But I think you're right. I think in our game specifically, I don't know if this always plays out that way, but in our games, that tended to not be the thing that gave us the most amount of points. Really, those those two big point scores for us were having the most contracts and then the one that, uh, what's it called? The settlements, having the most settlements, um, which is different groups of... um, settlements that you have throughout the board kind of separated by rivers as long as you have the shipping power enough to reach those different settlements i think that was um a big big difference in our games yeah and that's a that's a that's a in a two-player game it's a huge deal but if if you win like the the settlements you get 12 points versus zero if you win the most contracts you get eight points points versus zero and in both games that dean and i played this week he got both of them, and that's my fault. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just outplayed me, and I don't think there's hardly any. I don't know. Maybe I'm. I haven't played it a million times. Um, I, I I bet it's really hard to come back from that. You know, yeah. uh, that's not a negative for me because it's my fault for letting you get them both times. I thought I had the settlements in this last game until you got your shipping, which was pretty. The shipping thing's pretty cool, but we can't talk about everything. Um, yeah. Until yeah. you upped your shipping enough to where you started getting connecting the other ones, and I was like, dang it. I was like, I know what he's doing now, and he's going to beat me in it again. And uh, but I think that's fun to. Th- it's it's cool because that's interesting. You need to think about that as you're playing the game, and fulfilling contracts is in- quite important because of that. Yeah, and then the way you score um, the tobacco and the uh, cotton or garlic, as Dean says, um, and it looks uh, like garlic and, that. and sugar cane. The way, you, the way it scores at the end, the most prevalent one scores three points versus four versus five per. I think that's brilliant too. It there's is. nothing. It's so cool. There's nothing. This is so. I'm going to mention this before I give you, and then I'm going to tell you my final score if that's okay. Yeah. Uh, R- Rado, I was watching his video on it, his final thoughts, and he said that whenever this came out on Kickstarter in 2017, he overlooked it. He actually turned it down because he said there's nothing really new or innovative about this game. Um, he said it looks like a good game. It looks like a game I'm going to 
would like, but let me go for these others. Because of course, he has a lot of people that are throwing Kickstarters at him and he went for others. And then he goes on to say that it was one of the, just a terrible decision <laughs> for him to <laughs> overlook this game. He got it before it came out. Um, but it does, I agree in the sense that there's nothing dramatically different that this game does. And But I'm one of the persons I've argued on this. I don't care about that. If it all comes together well, that's what matters to me. I enjoy a nice new mechanic or something that's different, for sure. This game has a lot of really good things that come together exceptionally well to be an amazing game. This game is ranked 44 overall, and I totally get that. Yes, I do too. You know, it's interesting for me. I would disagree with you. I think this game does have some very unique features to it. Um, I don't. I don't think it's just a bunch of overused mechanisms. I don't think they're overused. One game. I don't think they're think overused. Uh, and I don't. And I do think there are some tweaks to some things that are good. I'm just saying. There's. I don't know if there's anything overly in it. Maybe there is. I'm trying to think about that double this, resource. I would call thing. this an innovative game. The funny thing is, this often gets. This often gets compared to Terra Mystica. You know, I've heard people say this is a Terra Mystica killer or it's mm -hmm. not as good or whatever. I don't think I would compare this game to Terra Mystica. One, because this is an economic game and I, that is not Terra Mystica. I, I don't mm -hmm. think. Um, I, I, I get like the big comparisons are that you're, as you're uncovering pieces, those are, you know, you're getting benefits from doing that. <sighs> Other than that, I mean, and, and I guess the settlement piece and you're, you're, you know, you, you're moving up on your shipping so that you can build in different places. So like there's similarities, but this game, for me, this game is better than Terra Mystica, but I don't think I just need to compare them at all. I, I don't know, but that's, that's just me. Um, but again, that's, I've played Terra Mystica more than I've played this. So I don't know. Anyway, but I still think this is a fantastic game. Didn't mean to interject. You're about to give your score. No, you're good. You're all good. Dude, Dean, I'm giving this 9 out of 10, bro. 9 out of 10. That's a high... I loved this game. I am loving our plays of this. And I think it could go higher. That's why I'm comfortable giving it this based on my online plays. I think this could even be a 9.5. This could be a really high game for me. I love this thing. I am exactly on the same page. What? Dude. As you, John. <laughs> yep. I'm surprised yep. actually. We're we're on the same page. So I'm I'm right at a nine. I feel and and that's a very cautious nine. Yep. Like I'm jumping out of my pants I agree this with game that. right now. I, I yeah. really think this is probably Whoa, a nine easy and there. a half. Oh, sorry. Sorry, getting a little getting a little excited here. I think I, I can't talk about briefs, but you can say that. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I have shorts on under my pants, so I'm okay. You're jumping out um, of your briefs. Uh, I'm, I, I think this game is probably more on the nine and a half side for yeah. me, but I need this physical copy, which, Hey John, we both ordered the physical copy well, of see, this game. This, this, it gives me, it gives <laughs> me those Glenn, I mean, not Glenmore too. Like it's the same type of game, but the feels in the sense of, I mean, the whiskey and different things like that does like the, the theme gives me those feels. And it gives me the same feels as that was like one of the first Kickstarters Dean and I back together. And this is the first time when we finished our game yesterday, we both, we bought it together. <laughs> we placed one order with two games on it. And that were, that was two versions, uh, two different copies of Plans of Caledonia. This yeah, game I is mean, fantastic. Yeah, I'm it's telling you. It's so good. It's so good. And you know, 
I don't know. We I'll just throw this out that on Game Nerds it was on clearance, so that's why we did it. And you can get free shipping um, if you order over seventy five dollars. So you need to find a buddy uh, or give yourself an excuse to buy more games. Yes. That's, uh, so anyway, okay, I'm looking it up right now just to see if it is still on sale. Um, but go ahead and talk while I'm doing that. Well, I think on Amazon it's still around like thirty seven dollars that I saw. No, it's really. I, I've seen. I've looked it up a lot late, several times lately. It was like forty four dollars on Amazon. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. You're right. Forty four. That's what you paid for. Thirty seven or thirty eight, right? Yeah, it was. Well, it was. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Thirty eight ninety seven. It's still on sale on game at Game Nerd's website. Totally worth That's, it. For as much stuff as you get in the box, it's nuts. It's nuts how cheap this game is considering it's at 45 on Amazon right now. 45 is worth it. 38 is for sure worth it. Yep. Um, 50, honestly, 60 is worth it because of the amount of stuff that you get in the box in this game and how much fun this game is. Yep. I, I, I want to explore it first. more. I want to play all the different clans of this. We love this game. But I think it's time to move on because we're never gonna we're never That's gonna right. finish the podcast. There we so, go. Nine from both of us on this one, Clans of Caledonia. Let's move on to La Granja. All right, Dean. So let's talk about La Granja. Now we know this podcast is going pretty long. I do want to mention that um, before we do this to say we generally don't have two hour long podcasts, which is probably what this may be. So we apologize for that. Unless you like it, and then we're glad that we did it, right? So we just <laughs> we just say whatever to make anyone happy, apparently. So in La Granja, do you know what that stands for? That's Spanish for the Nino. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. Did you? I Seriously, I totally knew that was coming, <laughs> and you said nothing about it. I was like, Dude. he's going all Chris Farley here coming did up. You, I mean, did, did you think about that ahead of time or right then in that no. moment? Just when you said that, I was like, he's going to say the Nino. I don't know. It's like this. I swear I did. I'm reading your mind. That was not premeditated. I, that just came out right then. Like I did not think about it before that moment. That's interesting. El Nino, Spanish for the The Nino. Nino. Oh my gosh. So good. Chris Farley is ridiculous. He was amazing. So it is Spanish. (laughs) It is truly Spanish for the farm. In this game, you have a lot of phases to go to. I'm going to very briefly just show how it's played. You do get cards and the cards have four different places that you can put them in. So it's cool that you have multi-use cards. You can put them in a field to get you more resources. You can put them um, in your farm, which may give you more uh, slots for pigs or more income. You can put them in a borrow so you can take off in your wheelbarrow and, and sell them at the market or make them, um, they just have terminology or words on them, excuse me, to where they're your helpers. And it may just give you any number of bonuses because there's different ones on every single card. So you're going to pick a card to go onto your farm in some way. Then you're going to uh, produce on those. You're going to go and you're going to roll dice in this game as well, which are, there's uh, six different things that you can do, six different things. You're going to draft dice to maybe get pigs or maybe get um, uh, silver or whatever that is. Then after that, you're going to deliver your goods with your donkeys and then you're going to just do, do some cleanup. And yeah, let's just, I'm trying to keep it short and simple, Dean. So that's uh, that's it. What do you think about the art and components real quick? You not play the physical copy of this one though, have you? I have not. I'm, I'm solely basing my my rating off the digital copy of this on Board Game Arena. So, okay. um, but I'm looking at pictures. This gives me the feel of like Puerto Rico and some of those classic washed yeah. out graphical Euro games. Is that right? Yep, it does. It does. I like the art in the game. I mean, it's not like 
blowing my mind or anything by any stretch, but I think it's pleasant and nice. I, I did fail to mention. If that so- sounded negative for me, by the way, that was not negative. It was just that I, I actually, I love that, you know, Castles yeah. of Burgundy, Puerto Rico. It just gives me these special feelings in in my gut. Yep. And I failed to mention, I know I failed to mention this is on Board Game Arena now, which is brand new to Board Game Arena. It is on Tabletopia. It's also on Yucata. So there's several places to play this game if you want to try it out digitally. I just got this a couple weeks ago. So that was my first time to play the physical copy. The components are okay. They're nothing to write home about. Um, they're nothing to be negative about necessarily, you know, or by either you don't have i guess the negatives are you have one if you don't like to have like a cylinder that marks everything in this game which i don't love that um it just depends on where it's at you know those type of euros uh, you don't have like you know cool grapes and you know different things like that so they're adequate the art's good not great i'm not overwhelmed by any of it of that part of it but i'm not, i'm i don't think negatively either so there you go yeah yeah, you, you I, good with I, that? Based on what I can see, I think I feel the same way. Yeah, but gameplay, man, you those start feels off. of those classic euros. I, I like it. Yeah. Um, okay, so the gameplay. This is the heaviest of the lot, right? This is a weight of three point five nine, according to BGG. And yep. according to BGG. Uh, oh, let me throw this out there. Designer, did you say this? Designer Michael, oh, Michael shoot. Keller. No, no. Um, and then uh, Andreas uh, Odendahl. Yeah, and the artist is Harold uh, Lysky. And this is a Spielworks game. This is this one actually came out in 2014, older than the old uh, oldest uh, the the other ones that we've talked about today. Um, Lagranja is a game that I've had on my watch list since it came out because it has that classic feel to it, and because it has a lot of like different mechanisms that I really like. And I'll talk about those because here's the things that I really like about this game. I like uh, multi-use cards. And I Mm -hmm. really enjoy how the multi-use cards are used in this game because there's four options from them. And depending on where, which one you pick is where it's going to go on your board. John mentioned that. Um, I think that's interesting. I think those interesting, those decisions are super interesting because you cannot place like just an overwhelming amount of cards in this game unless you get upgrades that allow you to do that. Uh, You're only going to be able to place at the least, you know, one around, which is not very many. And, um, I, I like those decisions in those, uh, in the card placement, um, in the, in the multi-use cards. The other thing that I really like in games is dice drafting. And this has it as well. Now, both of those pieces aren't like, um, an overwhelming piece of the game, but they have these different phases where you do both of those things. And I almost like a, um, kind of like taverns of Tiefenthal, right? Like, a phase has this mechanism. Another sure. phase has this mechanism. That's kind of bit. the way it is in this game. They don't play out the same way, but I, you know, that there are very distinct times that you play those different types of mechanisms. And I like that. I think that's, that one's a lot of fun, mm-hmm. but you know, both of those mechanisms are a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So this game feels like, um, and it is, I believe a love child of a bunch of different mechanics in games. In fact, what's yes. interesting is at the end of the rule book, they literally explain all the the mechanics and what inspired those mechanics, which is, I love what, that. Yeah. Like, so dice for the galaxy, Michael Keller's, it said it formed the basic of it. Um, Matthias Kramer's, uh, matzah. Wait, is dice for a gal dice for the galaxy? What is that? Yeah. I don't know. I've never played that before. I don't know what that is. Huh, okay. I'll check yeah. that out. 
Um, glory, glory for Rome was the inspiration for the multi-use cards in the center where there's a market. They, uh, it's Luna. And from what I understand, I've never played Luna, but I heard it's just pretty much exactly like that. Um, there's also, you know, there, there's a lot of people that will say this is, seems like a failed game, which I think that that's very true. They thank, uh, Rosenberg in this. And when I was actually posting I was on Twitter a day or two ago, and, uh, Andreas had said that this is his, uh, Ode to uh, at the gates of Luoyang, because uh, which is interesting as well. So it's like I actually appreciate that they're open with what inspired them. I love when games do that. I think yeah. that's so cool. Like they're not trying to be like, oh, we're doing this new and innovative. And, and there's not. There's nothing new and innovative about this game. Um, and I think that it comes together really well. Funny thing is, is that the first time I played this game, I texted Dean and Jonathan, and I said, I'm disappointed. Uh, it's not that I didn't like it, um, but I just I thought that I thought there's a lot of fiddly stuff to remember. And to be frank, you have four phases of a game. One of the phases it's doing one thing, and the other three phases you're doing four to five things in each phase. So we're talking about probably fifteen or sixteen different things that need to be done to play one round of the game. Now, does that seem overwhelming hearing it like that, Dean? <laughs> it it does. When you say it like that, for sure it does. Um, and f- yeah, and for someone who... Board Game Arena does all those things for you, though, well, John. Well, that's exactly right. And so for someone <laughs> who ha- read the rulebook himself or watched video, um, watched a little bit of a playthrough, and then teaching the game, I had to go back to the rulebook a lot the first couple times. And there is, there's one thing that I will complain about with the components I forgot is that in the game, almost in like most board games, there's a slash that means either or, except for on the donkey tokens, it's a slash and it means both, which drives me insane because I was like, I had to go look at board game geek thing, uh, like a, a, a thread. Cause I was like, what, this should be either or, but then I think Andreas actually responded and said that it was actually both, which I think is super confusing. Um, that's really the only like, terrible design choice. Yeah, that was just and, awful. and totally unnecessary. Like, there's no reason to put that slash on that tile at all. Yeah, but. they said they were trying to distinctify because that's a real word. Make a distinction between those two, and yeah, that just they put the slash a different direction. But ugh, I mean, you don't recognize that, you know? You know? Oh well, that's a different direction. I wonder if it means something different. No, you just, you know, you, I don't know. My brain would never go there. So no, I, I that, yeah, I, I really didn't like that. Um, but I, with the first playthrough, man, it, I had to go back to the rule book a lot. Cause I mean, there's 15, 16 things you're doing. Now, as you play it more, you recognize that a lot of them can be done simultaneously almost or, or fairly quickly. And you begin to like any other game, um, go through them a whole lot more faster, you know, a whole lot faster. And so the first play I thought was okay. Now in subsequent plays, I really, really like this game. In fact, at the end of my first play with my wife, I said, you hate this game, don't you? And she said, yes, I hate this game. Like she said, there's just too much. There's too many things I have to remember. There's too many, you know, parts of the round, but we played it one more time with her. I played it one more time with her and she's doing her talking through. She's talking out loud. I'm like, she's enjoying the game and she beat me. And she's like, yeah, I actually like this game now. (laughs) She did a total 180 from her first experience to her second experience. 
So and yours was pretty drastic too. I feel like, like it was. You, it was. Pre- I mean, here's my thoughts. Honestly, the first time I played, I was thinking seven ish weight. I mean, not weight, seven ish score. So that's not. That's still a good score. Uh, it's not bad, but mine definitely improved in subsequent plays. I mean, the, when I played with you, Dean, on Board Game Arena, I thought, wow, this takes some of that fiddliness out. Except for it keeps asking the stupid question of, do you want to do one of your free choices all the time? That's kind of irritating. Um, but I immediately was like, yeah, okay, this game is better. You know, I, I think one of the things about this game that I've liked better in subsequent plays was that when you're going to craft buildings to deliver goods, there's kind of a race element to it. And in the first game I played, just frankly, I just whipped my wife at all of those spaces. And so it wasn't as intrigued. I didn't feel like it was a big race. Do you understand what I'm saying? But as soon yeah. as I started playing Dean, which I mean, she beat me the second game. So she just didn't play very well because she was having a hard time wrapping her mind around it. When I played Dean, all of a sudden that came to the forefront. We have to race to deliver these goods in the craft buildings um, or even yes. with the borrow so that we can move our spots in the middle. The middle became a lot more interesting. And yeah, it quickly rose. And then I played it again with my wife and I, we both really liked our last play of it. For sure. Yeah. 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 I would imagine that's probably most people's most people's reaction to this game. Playing it the first time, I don't think is going to be just the best game ever. But I think as yeah. you play this game a lot more, it's gonna really open things up. That again, what you just said I think is key. That 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 race piece and then the middle of the board becomes so much more important, which there's a lot of interaction in this game when it comes to that center board. Um, like putting your, putting your markers out there and then you can boot other people out based on if you have a better marker. Um, I, you know, there's a few design choices in this. I'm not talking as much as John during this one, because John's played this a lot more than I have. And I'm a little, I'm a little more reserved on this one. I'll, I'll go ahead and say this. I really like this game. I think it's a lot of fun. I'm a little reserved and almost a little hesitant to give it a score right now because I know that I need more plays of this to know exactly how I feel about it. Um, but it still was a lot of fun. And I think, so I was about to ask you, and I knew that the answer to this because it's on Board Game Arena, but is there a like a player aid in playing this sure, game? Sure, there is. And it's terrible. Right, uh, you have to. It's, it's not. That, ter- it's that card that just shows you the actions that you can take that just have a bunch of symbols on there that don't really. Yeah, they don't mean a lot. Yeah, I don't. It's not I, terrible I if you know. You have to have it no matter what. I think though, I've played this game a, a plenty of times now, and I don't remember how it goes. Oh, the, call the it, exact call it, call it what it is, John. That's it is terrible. It's. I the, mean, what the, I'm what I'm saying is, is if you after you've played it a couple times, it's easy to understand what the symbols are. Is all I'm saying. So that's that's why it's that's why it's not terrible. But yeah, I think uh, I'm looking on board game uh, board game geek. Sorry, because I assumed that somebody had done a player aid on here, and they did. There's there's probably several, but the one I'm looking at, I'm like, okay, this is kind of a lot, but it at least would help you understand better kind of the phases of the game. So like the farm phase, the revenue phase, the transport phase, the scoring phase. And I think it helps with the flow of that using words instead of just using those icons that, again, unless you know the game really well, those icons aren't really that helpful, I don't think. Yeah. So I, I, if, I, if I were a listener and I'm thinking, you know, this is a game that I've been interested in for a while, I really want to check this out, I would really recommend picking up one of those player aids on Board Game Geek. There's probably some other ones out there, but I think it's going to help with the flow of the game because it might not make total sense 
Would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, I think it's helpful. I mean, the second game, I knew them all, no problem. So sure. the first game, I looked at it a ton. So it's it's kind of interesting. But, you know, this plays out over six rounds, Dean. So by the end of the first game, you've done it six, you've done 15 things six times. So you've pretty much figured, figured it out by then. Um, I will say maybe my second play, I might have had to refer back for one, but maybe not. I can't remember. My wife, on the other hand, she wasn't leading the game, us through those phases. And the second time she played it, she did go, what was that? What's that again? Like she couldn't remember. So maybe because I'd read the rules. And I mean, by the time I taught her the game, I'd read the rules and watched videos and done all that. So yeah, there's some things about this game. It's kind of weird. It's almost like, I don't know if it's not a love-hate relationship. (laughs) I don't know what to say. It, It does. I really like this game. It grows and grows. I but think it grows on you. I, I and So what my recommendation before I give my score, and there's a lot of things I can talk about that I like, but we're going to do this pretty quickly here. Um, it does give you a lot of pools and back and forth. Things like when you're delivering with the donkey tokens, you can either deliver more goods or go up on the siesta track, which is a really clever track that gets you victory points at the end of the round and determines who's the first player. There's a lot of those type of failed feeling pools in this game um, mm-hmm. that I like about it. Um, I really recommend not giving it one play and saying I'm done if you don't yes. like it, right? Yes. I really do recommend saying, giving it at least two or three chances before you say, I don't like this game. Because I think that there is a reward or an award in giving it several plays. Because Dean, I'm going to, I wish that we gave quarter scores now. I don't really wish it, but I, I wrestled between a seven and a half and an eight on this game. And even now I'm wrestling, but I'm going to give this an eight out of 10 saying it's a low eight out of 10, if I'm allowed to say that. Sure. sure. So it's, it, it would be on the bottom edges of my, man, someone's coming over to Meeple Town, huh? Yeah. It would be, sorry, sorry it's fine. <laughs> it would be on the bottom of my eight out of 10s, but I'm giving it an eight, which is a really good score. I really do quite enjoy this game. So this is going to be the only place that we differ on this, but it's only slightly because I think I I have to be cautious because I've not played this game enough. Like I I need to play this game more to know fully where I'm at because again, you know, just playing it a couple times is is not enough to really fully give me the flavor of it. Um, So I'm going to give this one a seven and a half, which is, which is real close to what John was saying. I feel pretty confident that the more I play this game, it's going to move up. Yeah. This is a game that I've, I've had on my list for so long because I've, I've really been so intrigued. I've watched videos on it for a while. I'm really glad it's on Board Game Arena to give me that idea that, okay, this game is is what I thought it was going to be. I think it's a lot of fun, but it just takes exactly what you said, John. It just takes a little bit of time to really get the feel of it. But then once you do, oh, this is a fun game. This is yeah. good. This is yeah. a good one. And yeah, it does. It one. feels like a Feld. It feels like a an Uva uh, Rosenberg game, um, and uh, I, I think this is this is a really really fun game worth a worth a try for sure. Yeah. Would you pick this up? I'm curious. I want to, but I think I won't because I would imagine I'll mostly just play this with you anyway. Yeah. Um, but this will be one that I'll say, hey John, like if we have a day where we don't have to make any. Um, or, or we don't have to say like, hey, we got to play this to review. Yeah. This will be one that I'll say, hey, let's let's play Legrandha because I really want to play this one. Sure. Especially because again, I'm only basing this as off of of a digital copy, which I d- wouldn't normally do. But under the circumstances, we kind of have to do that. Yeah. Um, but I, I really want to try the physical copy of this one out. 
There you go. That's good, man. So that's that is good. a seven and a half for me. That is a somewhere around an eight or a seven and three quarters <laughs> from John. No, he settled on an eight. So we're pretty we're pretty similar in all these, but I do think we need to wrap up the episode because this is going it's quite a marathon a while. this time. It Woo. is. It Thank is. you, so Mapletown, for staying with us. Yeah, so let's wrap up episode 40 with John telling everyone how they can get in touch with us. All right, so we are on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook. All those are at Meepletown Games. Uh, of course, we are on iTunes or whatever you're listening to us on. Uh, just know that we're on Spotify, Stitcher. We're on a bunch of those if, you would, if you're listening to us on Board Game um, Geek or something like that, and you're just streaming it through. There's a You can listen to us through pretty much most services, most of the popular services. We have a YouTube channel, so you can check that out. Subscribe to our channel. It would be awesome. And we're Board Game Geek Guild 34 Seven. Seven. Thanks for coming down to Meeple Town. Mm-hmm.